Today's episode of The Ride Podcast is brought to you by The Click Ring. Wear the ring and show the world that you can live your line at clicring.com. Hello, fellow riders. This is your host, Rusty James. It is Thursday, June 16th, 2016, and this is The Ride. Okay, seriously, I gotta get my act together. I don't know how many times I told you this, but I am so swamped with a project which is finishing up in one or two days, hopefully giving me some relief and I'll be able to catch up on all these podcasts and edit them so you can hear them. I guess for now we're gonna call them the lost tapes of the ride because I don't know, I probably got five or six in the can ready to be edited. So I guess you're going to hear them when you hear them. It's kind of remarkable, though. I've been looking at the stats, and my listenership has not gone down. So you guys probably are just getting tired of me not posting anything, and you're just going to find some older stuff. Which, by the way, if you haven't checked out some of the stuff that I've done in the past, I think you really ought to. You know, normally with podcasts, you want to get the latest and greatest, and you know, your life is full enough already. Why go back to the old stuff? It's probably old, old and crusty. It's not. It's the word of the Lord for that moment in time, but do you know that the word of the Lord is true regardless of the time? So, what was true for me and maybe somebody back in August of last year might not have been pertaining to your situation until right now and you really ought to hear what the Lord was speaking and I really believe that the Lord is speaking through these believe it or not the Lord speaks through his people and it doesn't have to be thus saith the Lord stuff the Lord speaks through you and the Lord speaks through me in the common tongue as I said I've been really really swamped lately with a project and ordinarily you might say yeah life is a pain because of it (laughs) I'll tell you what though I have enjoyed going to work through this whole thing because I have a goal a plan something to attack you know we're made to be on the attack or fight the animal to get the food to bring back to the to the tribe. There's always some kind of challenge. And when life doesn't have that, there's an emptiness there. I'm telling you what, I went through it for a while and it was just empty. I wasn't getting the challenge that I needed. Well, this was a challenge. I had to learn some new stuff. I try to tell my kids, no, I don't try to tell my kids, I tell my kids that when you're faced with learning new things, don't look at it as a, it's a challenge certainly, but don't look at it as a negative thing, as something that you have to um, drudge through. Look at it as something that is challenging your thought processes and causing you to think in different ways. That's learning and that can make you a better, more whole person. Getting challenged is okay. Knowing that you have the wisdom of God in you to 
meet that challenge is a really good place to be. And in my project, I had to learn a lot of new things in a very short amount of time. You know how sometimes in in uh, professional or technical type jobs, there are trainings that you go to to learn a new software package. We're talking like the big packages that you know let you develop code or just mostly for me that's the kind of kind of training I would have gone to and for this particular thing I'm doing you know you might have gone to a one or two week extensive training on it well I only had one or two weeks to get the thing done and it turns out like I already kind of knew that if you have to just do it and you're studying the manuals and you're learning it as you go and testing it you're probably learning better than if you're sitting in a classroom doing the canned examples so I had to I had to figure it out I'm still figuring it out right now I'm I mean we have yet to get this thing installed at the at the clients place that's happening today and I believe I've done as much testing as I could do away from the clients installation so I think we're in pretty good shape but you know, there's always these things, these little hurdles that we're going to run into on an installation. And it's just like real life. You're going to run into hurdles. You're going to run into these little roadblocks. Sometimes they're big roadblocks. What are you going to do? Are you going to go cry and huddle in a corner? Sometimes we want to. Sometimes when things get overwhelming, we want to. I have a friend who's mother passed on just recently someone in a situation like that the grieving process you maybe do want to go cry and get into a corner and that's okay that's a normal response or you cry with the group of your family whatever it is that's okay but when you're faced with a challenge that you need to take you know you need to take it on it's your job, or it, you know, you're a single mom, and all of a sudden this bill came, and what do you do? You got a challenge, you got to take it on. Well, how do you do that? We like to do it in our own strength a lot of times, but I'm here to tell you that there is a strength that is above your strength, a power that surpasses the best power, the best intellect that you could ever have. It's the power of God, and it really needs to be active in your life. You need to be able to have it be active in your life. How do you do that? All you do is you spend time with the Lord your God. You spend time with Him. You hear His heart. You catch His vision for the people of the world. And you know what? You're included in the people of the world. You need to catch His vision of who you are. So when you get a challenge... You're not like, boo-hoo, let me get in a corner, I don't know what to do. Well, no, you go right to your source of information. Lord, what do I do? I've been trying to do everything right up until now. I've been faithfully giving, for example. And it seems to me like when I give to the church, the thing I'm supposed to do, it seems like I'm always hit with these challenges. Well, I think the Lord is saying, well, you know, you're obedient with how you're handling your finances, I will come through for you. 
But it's that communication with, with God your Father that you want to make sure you keep that those lines of communication open. Man, communication is important. In the natural, I've realized, I've known this for years, but sometimes you really get a picture of it when you're in a particular project where the communication isn't the best. Imagine being in a, a team of people trying to get a project done and you've got no clue what the end goal is, the end game, except the paper that tells you this is what the scope of the project is. Now that should be good enough, but don't you know there's always nuance? We've all heard this. Well, that's, yeah, that, yeah, that's right. That's what that said. The scope said that. That's what we're supposed to be doing. But you know what? You realize that there's this other thing, right? Well, no, I looked at the scope. By the way, that's not happening for me right now. Not that exactly, but the point is, is I think we can always have better communication. And going through a project that there's not a lot of communication between team members, you end up being inefficient, don't you? You end up doing work or maybe redoing work because, oh, well, we we didn't want you to start doing that now because this thing isn't done over here and and we need to have that thing done over here before you start working. Why don't you ask us, why don't you ask us when you can start working on that? Already there's a problem there. Do you see it? Because, and I'm, I'm one who likes to do efficient project stuff. Already there's a problem there because that means that <clears throat> one person is basically haranguing another one. Are, are we ready yet? Are we ready yet? Are we ready yet? I need to get going because you realize if, if I don't get going, I'm not going to meet the deadline. Are we ready yet? Wouldn't it have been better for the person to tell the other person, hey, we're not done with this. You begin the process. I'm just kind of going off on project management here, but the, the point is there's ways to communicate that are efficient and ones that are inefficient. With God, are we like that? He's waiting to talk to us, and we're just kind of not doing anything. The Bible says he's at the door knocking, right? So in a sense, he's kind of like, do you want to talk to me? Do you want to talk to me? Do you want to talk to me? I've got things for you. Do you want to talk to me? And we're sitting there, well, we'll talk to you when we're good and ready. I know my, my example didn't really work because, well, whatever. The, the lines of communication need to be open in both ways and constant, always going. Efficiency, I was thinking about communication with my kids. See, what's inefficient with communication is if you're not clear and if you're not getting feedback. How about this? I tell a coworker, hey, I just completed this task, and that's all I say. And I'm thinking, he's thinking, okay, well, when he tells me that, that means I'm supposed to do something, you know, do something with that thing that he just finished and, you know, do my job for it. But I didn't ask him to do that, did I? I just told him, well, my thing's done. Can I get mad at him later for not doing the next part? Well, it depends. I mean, if he knows it's his job, maybe you could. The point isn't to get mad at someone, but to, to be accountable. Wouldn't it have been better to say, hey, my thing is done. Uh, let me know when you have your piece done because I'm dependent upon it to do my next piece. 
and it needs to be done before Thursday of next week. Isn't that clear? Isn't that stating it? In fact, verbally say it and throw it in an email too so it's got a record. So you can say, look at that email I sent on, the, on this date. Remember, this is due on the next Thursday. Efficiency. When I'm dealing with my kids, something my wife and I learned, especially with my son, he t- tends to want to push the, the boundaries more than my daughter. And that's probably typical. He's my eldest son. He's my only son, but he's my eldest of my sons. And my daughter is the oldest. But but he's he's an envelope pusher, a boundary stretcher. And I'm kind of glad for that because the world needs those kind of people. Now, he needs to have a good father and mother who train him to respect boundaries. And I believe he's doing that fairly well. But early on, I realized because he was that way, I really needed to be clear in my expectations that I presented to him. If he's gaming and it's 9 o'clock at night, and let's say bedtime is typically 10, and it's 9 o'clock, and I say, all right, lights out at 10 o'clock. And that's all I say. If he's a re- if if you've got a son or daughter who's a real boundary pusher, you know what that what that means. What I just told that child is that I didn't say to go to bed. I just said lights out. Last time they checked, they can play video games all night long with the lights out. See what I mean? Now my son's smarter than that now. Clear communication, son. I need you to be in bed with the lights out tech off at 10 o'clock in addition I need you to be done with that game at 9.30 computer off at 9.30 so you can do the reading you need to do before bed and all the bathroom stuff so that you're in bed lights out 10 o'clock now that's only half of what needs to happen here Because that's one-directional, isn't it? It's quite possible he's got his gaming headphones on and hadn't heard one bit of that. We got on these cool headphones. I got a pair, too, and they're so comfortable. And they go over entirely your ear. And they completely block out anyone talking to you. It's great, unless somebody needs to talk to you. So half of the communication was just delivered. The other half is the feedback part. Obviously, I'm not going to tell him that with his headphones on. I know he's hearing me when I'm talking. And then I say the important thing. Tell me what I just said. Now, depending on the age and maturity of your child, you may or may not need to do that as much. And that will will wane as they mature. But every once in a while, I find I need to do that even when I thought they were, you know... At the maturity level where I wouldn't need to do that. Son, what is it I just asked you to do? If he repeats it back to me, and then I follow it up with, are we clear on my expectations? Yes, Dad. Very good. And then I do an important thing. I leave him to show me that he can do it on his own. When he was younger, I might be checking in on him more often. Now that he's just about 15, 
I feel like I can leave him and trust that that thing will happen. Now, I will check up and make sure it's being done. And if I find that it's not being done, I need to correct that as soon as possible. In my job, I've been realizing that feedback sometimes isn't happening as much as I'd like it to anyway, where I will, you know, I'll discover a problem in the in the specifications or something, and I will present that as an issue. And sometimes I don't get the feedback I was expecting. You know, it might be an email thing, and, and I might not even be sure it was received. Maybe it hit the bit bucket somewhere and no one read the email. I don't know. I'm one who likes to know that at least the message was received. Anyway, I'm kind of going off on communication and business and all this kind of stuff, but it's really important. There's a whole discipline or a whole branch of business called logistics where the job is to make sure that the job gets done. I mean, that's kind of a simple way of putting it for such a complex thing, but there's a company I just passed right now on the road. Uh, it's logistics something. And uh, their job was to help a company reintroduce Twinkies to you and me. Remember how Twinkies went off the market? Hostess went under and apparently the intellectual property for the Hostess brand was purchased. I don't know who bought it. But they wanted to roll out the whole Twinkies and I, I don't know what all project products they're doing. I know they're doing Twinkies. What all the products are that they're doing. But they had to do all the logistics. So what that means is all of the travel, all the communication of the product from where it's made to the distribution centers, to the retail outlets, into your kitchen, that whole process, people, lots of people spend millions of dollars to make that thing happen. It's a big deal. I think Hostess had problems because their distribution model was whacked up and they couldn't I think they only had just a few places where they were making the certain products and how they delivered it to all the different outlets just was not efficient. It's, you can almost look at it as an inefficient communication of the product. And this logistics company, whose job is all about communicating and making sure things get here to there and feedback loops happen and all this stuff, they they were able to rethink how the whole model would work and it had a lot to do with making sure your data or your information or your product gets into many more uh, localized distribution places in a timely manner in a just-in-time processing just-in-time manufacturing at the right time the data's there the right time the product's there it's not sitting there going bad too long. You're checking up on it. There's feedback loops. The whole thing works like a machine. So what's my point? Communication's major important within your family, at your job, but mostly with the Lord God. You need to keep that open and you need there needs to be feedback.
Meaning, if you're dealing with issues and, and you need to let the Lord know, hey, I, I'm not, I don't know what to do here. I need help. You're feeding back to Him, and then He feeds back to you. The Word of the Lord is food for your soul. Find out more in the Word of God. You be in there, and you live in peace, and you pray for those who persecute you. Communication is key. Without it, you're going to have problems. Don't be in the household where the communication, all it is is this angry banter back and forth. I've been in those homes. It's a not a good environment. You want to have peace and mercy and grace and joy flowing through the place where you are. You want to walk into a room and let God's glory permeate the room through you. You're allowed to be God's presence on the earth. By the way, that's what our job is. So anyway, do that. And I think you'll see that communication will be easier when you're operating in that way because people want to engage a lifestyle and a, a flow like God's flow one full of peace and mercy and joy and all of that stuff. They want to engage somebody like that. So don't be walking around like a sourpuss giving yes, no answers. You don't get in there and be communicative and be a joy to be around, okay? And I will see you on the flip.